We're recording externally. That's why I have to sync. Oh, yeah. got it. But well, why don't you connect the mic to the Zoom and then you have just one audio file? Fair likes to overachieve. No, it's because like if not, I don't feel like I'm getting my money's worth. You know, <laughs> if if I don't yell at Premiere at least you know twice a week, then yeah, like <laughs> one time per day, then it's like I'm doing nothing in life. I, I get you. <laughs> exactly. Welcome to Red Pill, Blue Pill, an open discussion podcast about all things film. We're your hosts, Kat and Finn. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of RPBP. This is episode five. And if you guys haven't noticed, we got new mics. So don't go around falling in love with our new voices now, okay? <laughs> um, but to go along with this sexy new equipment, we also had to bring an equally sexy guest. So I'm more than happy to welcome a dear friend of mine and fellow filmmaker, Camila. So here's a quick rundown of what she has been up to. So after majoring in film production in college, she went back to her hometown in Costa Rica where she started her own production company, Class Elephant Productions. And as an entrepreneur, she's had to deal with all the ups and downs of a business, but she's learned a lot along the way. So she's very multifaceted and does mostly commercial productions at Glass Elephant. But not only that, she also has her own self-improvement podcast called Sharing Minds Podcast, where everything is done in Spanglish. Entonces, it's very interesante. You can find her production company at at glass.elephant on Instagram and on Facebook it's as Glass Elephant Productions and her podcast can be found at Sharing Minds Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. So with that introduction, welcome Kami to RPBP. Welcome. Hello. Thank you guys. Thank you guys for having me. I'm loving it so far. <laughs> we're so excited. Yeah. Two seconds you. in. <laughs> yeah, we're really excited to have you here, Camila, because today's topic we want to talk about um, getting into the industry and, you know, going through personal experiences, you know, as a woman, as a Latina, you know, just, you know, in America, outside of America, just, you know, some advice, some pointers to starting out. Well, um, so I guess I, I, I don't know if I can say that my story is a little different because I did, um, you know, I'm an entrepreneur in this business, right? So I maybe didn't have to push that much through, you know, the forest of, of film production um, environment to get to the top, I guess, or to get to do my own stuff. Um, but other than that, I mean, even if, the, if it's a little bit of a different story, you still have to go through a lot. You know, you still have to go through so many mistakes. You still have to go through not being, not knowing how to charge, you know, not knowing how to, like all of that, I remember just being so like such a headache. It's like, how do I charge? how much do I charge to who do you charge? You know, cause there's other, there's other in entrepreneurs that want videos. So you're like, Oh, but maybe I shouldn't charge him that much because of this, you know? So it's all, it's, it can get messy. I think you just got to learn from your mistakes. You got to know that you you will make mistakes period, yeah. you know? And, and also, which is very, um, I think very, like a very, a thing that's very um, good to learn that I've learned is just understand what's your expertise and what's not your expertise in the business. You know what I mean? And that's fine. If you edit, do it. Like if you produce better, you know, just focus on what you do better and freelance the the other things that maybe you're not great at. And no shame in not being great at, you know, camera or not being great at this or that, but just understand what you're great at and then get help with the things that you're not so good at. Cause that's what makes a great video at the end of the day. Right. 
So to kind of like prioritize your strengths and know like where your weaknesses are. That's for sure. And it's okay because like, you know, you can't be good at everything, right? That's and true. What specifically do you think kind of was the biggest shock coming out of, because you went to film school, right? And they kind of teach you a lot of different skills, but I feel like, at least for me, there's a lot of shock when you go out into the real world because there's one thing that they teach you and another thing that you learn right when you, you know, when you're actually in production and not even like school productions, like outside, you know, dealing with commercial clients and yeah. dealing with having to, you know, get, you know, spend your entire day or like put your entire soul into a production for someone to just be like, oh no, I hate everything, change it, right? So, <laughs> so can you tell us a little bit about like that, that kind of struggle that going into the industry for real? Um, well, to be honest, the aspect that they do not teach you in film school is the people aspect, you know, because like I came out knowing, you know, all the technical terms of the camera, the light, the editing, the sound, I know all of that, but they don't ever teach you how to deal with someone who's an asshole or someone who's, you know, who's just gonna go like, insane and tell you like oh i don't like this and you have to redo the video for no extra money you know it's like oh i don't like the music uh what you know and you have to re-edit all of it so that's what they don't teach you and you learn to to um you know the big word in the real life is contracts you know yes. and yes. make sure people oh sign God. them <laughs> <laughs> make sure people are signing them and make sure that in the contract i mean you don't want to be mean quote unquote to the client but you need to save your yourself period you know because oh, the sure. client will always want to get more out of you for less money and not trying to be cheap here either but just um i mean making videos is such an extensive work i mean you guys know it right like it's so many hours for one minute that people see on the screen you work three four five or more hours right right just know that um you know you as the person that's giving that service contracts are crucial and dealing with people and being a little bit um like putting your, your boundaries too is very important. You know, it's like, no, I do this and you have only three times to check the video. And if you don't like it, bye. Like, you know, you, just, you have to be a little bit like that because um, if not, people will always try to like um, get more for get less. Best. And no, it's not for, for sure. It's not for exactly. I mean, I can follow up on that specifically for editors, right? Because we like, for me, it was one of the major issues with uh, revisions like I didn't really know what to do with that right so I charged for the deliverable something that I thought was you know worth it and then it was like no I don't like this oh I just I can you change this tiny little thing and I didn't see that it was like five to six revisions that I wasn't getting paid for and it's hours and hours of work so that one was a huge kind of like step for me that you didn't really realize you know yeah. absolutely exactly exactly that that's why it's like just put your boundaries you have three revisions period right you know that's just how life works in general <laughs> but i think i think also like we put so much passion all, all everything that's creative i feel like the people who is uh, giving the service is so passionate about it that you're always willing to do more you know and do more and it's like okay you know i'll do another revision i'll do it again this and that but no because then you live your life doing another revision and not getting paid for it you know right yeah i think like me and sasha we had like our first big contracting together we were excited for it and it bit us in the ass for sure. Like even with the contract, I've never dealt with someone that was so passive aggressive. Really? Wait, can you yeah. expand? Are you allowed to? Like, I, I'm not saying like you can need to necessarily do like the contractual obligations that you found, but you know, some advice for people that are going into contracts and stuff like that. Yeah, I think like Camilla, you touched upon it, like dealing with people that do not understand the creative process at all. They're like, okay, 
um, you know, I want this, this, and this, you take care of the rest, but you're like, oh, do you want slow motion? Do you want it at 4K? Like, what kind of resolution, this, that, and the other? And they're like, oh, I don't know, I don't know, you take care of it. But then when you deliver, they're like, oh, I didn't want this, or, or can you do this again? And it's it's crazy. And then on top of that, when they want to be an asshole about it, it's a little disheartening at the same time. Especially for commercials, I would say. I mean, Gummy, I think you have a lot of experience with commercial work, especially with, with Glass Elephant, right? But the things that I've seen more often than not is commercial clients have a really good sense of their product, right? But not really a sense of how to sell their product. So they, they can kind of go away with saying, oh, I want this. I want this to feel like this. Or I want, you know, to feel like uh, you can sell this to anyone. And then you give them what they say in a shot list. And they're like, that's not at all what I meant. So I think like having preliminary meetings with your clients, even through video, like Zoom calls for me, phone calls work the best or like Zoom calls to be like, listen, this is what it's going to look on screen. Because sometimes the idea that they have doesn't necessarily translate into what we actually do logistically, you know? Yeah, of course. Oh, absolutely. Exactly. Again, you have to have all the par parameters extremely defined before you even move a finger to press record. You know, like, do not move if you don't have a signed contract. Also, if you don't have some deposit, right? Because you, again, you have to save yourself some money deposit before you start moving. And then if everything's not completely defined, do not move. Because people do not understand, like Kat was saying, that the creative process, you know? So they're like, oh, do this, change this, change. And it's like, do you know how much I have? Like, no, <laughs> you know how much time I have to spend to change a second of the video? Like you don't understand. So do not move. Um, if you don't have, I think that the big rules are if you don't have a signed contract, a deposit that saves your energy, right. And your, your time input. Mm -hmm. And if all the parameters are not extremely defined. So music, right. literally music, um, you know, slow move, uh, you know, the shots, the editing style, this and that, because if not, again, people just, just don't get it. And they think it's easy and it's really not because it's very right. easy to see it on the phone, on Instagram. Oh, that's a cute video. Yeah. But you know, the work that was behind it, I don't think you do, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. And that goes for freelance as well. Not only for production companies, I think for production oh, companies, there's another issue too, right? Which is the whole kind of like you have a brand name and you have different products, but for freelance, you kind of also have this whole idea of you need to build a reputation and if not, people are going to be like, oh, you're just one person. Like, I, I need to pay you. I don't know this much. And uh, I don't think people understand. Also, in contracts, I would say, like, especially, like, if you break down what you are charging for, like, not just say editing and production. No, you, like, list the equipment, the uh, labor, everything that you do. If you define it and you explain to the client that it costs out of thousands of dollars to make a 10-minute short film or whatever it is you want to do or a 30 second commercial, then they can understand, oh, okay, this thing takes eight hours to edit, even though it's a 30 second promo ad. Exactly that. No, exactly that. Absolutely. And it's like, hey, listen, I will offer you good equipment. I will offer you my energy, my time, the cruise time and energy, the transportation, the food, you know, all of that you have to take into account because you can't be paying that out of your pocket. And you know, like it just, it just doesn't work. And, and again, in real life, all of that starts to the client and no, it is how it is, you know, no shame. And it doesn't mean you're cheap or you don't know how to do things. It's just how it is. And you have to, again, define that and be like, this is what it costs. Um, do you understand it or do you don't, you know? Right. And, I, and I agree that there's, you know, there's moments where you can like be more flexible, but um, I feel like people, and I'm not, you know, I'm not 
hating on anyone, but like <laughs> in general, again, because pe- because of people's ignorance, because they don't understand, um, they will just try to, um, again, get get more out of you for less money, and maybe not, let's say, quote unquote, appreciate how much it goes into making twenty seconds. Right. right. Yeah. I think again, like fair, you talked about film school, what they don't teach us. Like all those resources are there for us. Like if we go to like the guild or like they have everything printed out to us. And I think as freelancers, as students, you know, people just starting out, we don't realize that those resources are out there for us and we shouldn't be afraid to use them. Right. That's also quite like a conversation for another day. The whole idea about being in, in a guild, right? Do you want to be for acting? Do you want to be part of a, an agency? Do you want to be part of like SAG and stuff like that? You know, because those are, are kind of a double edged sword. If you actually look into them, you know, it yeah. might be, it depends on what stage in your career you are. They become beneficial versus if you go into them fairly quickly or fairly young or not like, you know, either as experienced or as well known, they can actually be like a, a pain <laughs> for you oh, to be dragged yes. along but no definitely and that's that's another big talk too that maybe i haven't i haven't had to deal with that here because like i said i do mostly commercial stuff but um in the states it's big you know it's huge um when it comes to short films and and movies you know actors and and their rights and their um worth if that makes sense and whatever they need too so that's that's definitely something on top of what they don't like something that they don't teach you at film school either (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Again, the people, the people aspect that I think it's not taught enough, you know, and, and also, um, if I want to expand on that, getting clients, like you yeah. have to just be like, Hey, you want a video? Even if it sounds horrible, even if it sounds like, you know, you're thirsty, <laughs> well, you kind of are, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you kind of That's are. That's so you, true. Cause you need to get out there. And if you don't get work, then what do you have to show? You know? Right. And it's also persistence because a lot of the people that you reach out for the beginning, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, we'll keep in touch. And then they never get back to you. And then you feel bad reaching out to them again. At least for me, I was like, but I already asked them like twice. You have to keep asking. You have to keep. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Exactly that. You just have to not be shameful of asking of, you know, do you have a friend who knows someone, you know, ask that friend to give um, you there or whatever their phone number so you can co- contact them or their email but you know you can't be shameful about reaching out and just putting yourself out there and being like hey I do videos you want one you know I could help you this and that and you're gonna get rejected a thousand times like let me tell you already they're just gonna be like no bye and you have to deal with that too you know it's it's right. it's, it's part of it but that's that's big you have to get out there right yeah. it's like the the industry at large you know it is that favor that can get you in that you don't know you never know who it is. And network is real, you know? <laughs> it, network really is real, honestly. Like, if you find... And here's the thing with, like, film networks, right? When I was going into film, I freaked out because I was like, I don't know anybody. Nobody knows, like, what I do. I can't prove anything to anyone because no one will, like, help me work in the whatever program... I mean, whatever project they have because they don't want to risk it, right? So I was like, how yeah. do you even get in? Like, how's your... What's your foot in the door kind of thing, Right. And I saw all these people and I was like, oh my God, they have so many people. Like their network is so big. What that's to me, the whole giant network is really a myth. You need honestly three people, three to four people that trust you and that understand that you're good at whatever it is you're good at. Like you said, Camila, about prioritizing your strengths and that they will call you up because that's going to give you the resume and the work experience to later get a call from someone else, right? Because those four people know three other people and they know three other people. So like you just branch out, but you don't need to know those 500 people 
all yourself. You know, you yeah. just need to do them three or four, and they're gonna kind of get you where you need to go if you have the skills and if you have to work them in. Which is also another thing. What do you guys think in terms of talent versus work ethic? Because to me, at least all of the jobs that I've actually gotten that have gotten me the skills that I've earned have really just been because I showed up. Like I was the person that I was like, oh, you're going to be in the 12 hour shoot. You have to show up at 6 a.m. and go home at like 11 p.m. And I was like, yeah, I'm down. And I was there at 5.55, right? And that's what got my call back. Not the fact that I was an amazing whatever, you know? I think it's true. Yeah, no, and I believe that um, work talent is nothing without work ethic, ethic, period. I just think that's general for life or anything you do, right? If, you, if you're great at something, but you can't, you know, get on time to set or you can't commit to whatever, memorizing your lines for an actor, then what the hell? You know, then it doesn't matter if you're fantastic one time, but if you're not consistent, then it doesn't work, you know? Right. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you want to go with the person that you know is going to show up and it's not going to complain. You know, this is a person that wants to work. Regardless right. if they're like the best in the industry or they're just starting out, you want that person there. Yeah, you need commitment. And this that's and that's true for for um for everything in in life and in film production, you need commitment from your camera guy, your your editor, your you know, your producer, your transportation, any anything. You need commitment if not um, yeah, nothing can happen. And a positive attitude, I think. Positive attitude is huge, especially on set for film. Like you get called back just for being so like resourceful and like Bubbly. not, yeah, <laughs> and like just yeah, just humble and like polite, you know, because it's a, it's an area that can get really stressful really quickly, especially when you're dealing with clients and you have you know I don't know how many hundred dollars on the line and you have to get that shot right. If you have people screaming at you and then you know not treating you respectfully. It, that that affects you coming back and at the same time that affects you being called back you know so and, and sorry and that's another thing that I was gonna mention um you have to be very diplomatic I've learned too you know and in my short time as an entrepreneur and in my you know not huge amount of videos that I've done you just have to learn how to be diplomatic and if you have to send someone to shit send them to shit diplomatically you know and that's fine <laughs> <laughs> but like respect everyone and 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 again I know your ground but and be diplomatic but don't let anyone um, not treat you the way you, you know what I mean? If you yes, treat someone respectfully, 100%. they cannot treat you not respectfully. That's a no, no ever. Like, no, you know, that, that's a huge thing coming in too. Cause there's, especially here in Miami for like a lot of sets for, uh, I don't want to mention certain industries, but there's certain groups that will like get you in the door really quickly but then are not going to be respectful. And then you're going to have a really hard time on set and you're going to be like, is this normal? Is this how set life is? And mm -hmm. it's, it's, th that's not the way to go. In my opinion, like the, the sets where you feel like uncomfortable or you don't feel like your people are being respectful to you just because you're a production assistant or something like, you know, below the line, that's not the set that you, I think you should be in. There's, it, it doesn't matter if you're like the director or you're the PA, you should be still treated, you know, nicely. Exactly. Everyone needs to be treated nicely, regardless of their work, of their position, of, of anything. And again, and even if, if someone may, might not be doing the job their best, you still have to treat them respectfully, period. You know? Yes. Dipl diplomacy. Is that a word? Yeah. yeah. Yes. It is. <laughs> <laughs> it's a teamwork thing, right? Because film is a collaborative field. You can't Always, just yeah. decide to be like, okay, this is my movie and then no one can tell me anything. It's, it doesn't work like that. It does not work like that. And that's exactly what I said in the, in the beginning too. Find your strength stick to it and then find a team that's going to help you um, do the, the rest of the stuff that maybe you're not great at. 
Because it goes around, right? Because if you listen, if you're just like polite on set or you're really good at something, word will get around. And the same way will happen, like if you were the opposite, it would actually, the word will get around faster. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, exactly. That cheese me, you know, will get around much faster than, <laughs> than the good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Yeah. Um. Again, Camila, thank you for coming on. It's been a long time, but we're here and we're excited to have you and we want to definitely have you on in the future. <laughs> no, I think we even started a topic here that we can kind of continue, not only on this podcast, but like you said, on Sharing Minds. Please go follow that as well. Special thank you for coming, for, for coming in and, you know, sharing your insight. You always you have something super interesting to say and you're hilarious to listen to. So <laughs> we, we really appreciate you coming. No, no. Thank you, babies. I love you, girls. And thank you for having me. And, and, and I, just, I just like talking. So, you know, it's easy for me to, <laughs> to be here. So, no, no, I'm kidding. No, thank you for having me. I love this podcast and um, I love you both. Uh, thank you. Don't forget to follow Kami at, um, actually, Kami, plug yourself in. I think you know. So you can follow me. Yes, you can follow me if for Glass Elephant Productions, which is the video production company. It's Glass Point dot what? Glass dot elephant. Jeez, punto. Okay, Spanish. Glass dot elephant on Instagram and Glass Elephant Productions on Facebook. And then my podcast is Sharing Minds Podcast, both on Instagram and Facebook. So you can follow me up there. And um, if you have questions or you just you know want to hit me up, you can. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. And thank you guys for tuning in. You can find Red Pill, Blue Pill podcasts now on SoundCloud and Spotify at RPBP Podcast. And of course, on Instagram, follow us there. And we'll catch you guys on the next episode. This podcast is brought to you by no one. Are your Chipotle please sponsor us before someone else does? Voiced by your hosts, Catherine Mairena and Fernanda Lamuña. Special guest appearance by Camila. Original music by Alec Drieth and Sadine Dasu. Graphic design by Natalie Mairena. Copyright 2020 RPVP Podcast.